We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> which is which is pretty typical of him. Did I try um, to like take his place? Should I go on some random rant? Some oh yeah, thing? maybe you don't like you know sporks or something. I don't know something that's right grinding that. my ears. Yeah, no, I don't have any of those. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to. We've been doing a lot of polls lately, and uh, they've been getting a lot you know pretty good traction. And I think we'll have to do a poll. Does Hannah replace Ethan permanently on the show? I think that's I think brutal. we we have to do that. Brutal. <laughs> Too many Jews in the kitchen. You got to pick. <laughs> so good. Oh, well, actually, Hannah, what I can do for you, I was going <laughs> to, had we actually started on time with everything, I had this all uh, set up for you. So we're just going to pretend you just walked in. Hannah Lichtenstein, everyone, the Sabina is back with us. Uh, back. <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. Uh, we we had to do that for you. I meant to do that last time. I had just gotten a soundboard the last time you came on, yeah. and I was still playing around with it, getting used to it. And then you got off, and I was like, "Crap! I never did <laughs> the the loud clapping and cheering for Hannah." So That's I've been thinking incredible. about it all day. That's incredible. That? I love that. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about it all day. I wasn't gonna forget, <laughs> and um, we're super pumped to have you. And I I'm gonna hijack the conversation to start because I've been waiting to ask you about this ever since it happened, but the national women's soccer league just went on like a frenzy of trades and signs and all this type of stuff. And you are the resident WOSPO expert. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to know like what was behind like my girl, Julie Ertz joining her husband out West and Alex Morgan getting traded and you know, all these things like, um, can you give us a little context into what that frenzy was all about? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the NWSL offseason just always tends to be chaotic and we're always surprised by things that happen and, you know, the sorts of discussions and that are happening behind the scenes. They seem to always, always catch us off guard. Um, but I think something that you see with women's sports as a more, I want to say, like front and center narrative is like the importance of family and that's not to say that of course you know male athletes also value their family but you know for whatever reasons the sorts of um ways we talk about women's sports it's always in the discussion it feels like a lot more 
So pretty much when it was announced that there was going to be a California, a Southern California team, everyone knew that Alex Morgan was going to figure out some way, somehow to get there. Um, just because that's where she's from. That's where she and her husband have like long had a home and same with Julie Ertz. I mean, obviously they're not like going to be right next to each other, but I still think that that's a factor. So I don't know. I just think it's interesting to think about family in, yeah, as it relates to, to trades and women's sports, we just saw the same thing with, you know, Candace Parker as well. Um, so the whole, concept of, of coming home um, and being with family is, is super important. Do they usually like in a, in a league um, as young as the national women's soccer league is like, you know, in, in baseball, for example, once you become a free agent, that's usually when you see the people like either make a decision to mm-hmm. play closer to home or things like that. Like they don't, it's, it's rare that there's like a Ken Griffey junior where they engineer a trade to go to a place to, to get a little bit closer to home and everything. Um, do you see that though a little bit more because the league is a little bit younger and maybe like free agency is not as much of a vehicle to get to place to place that like, all right, trades the way it's got to happen. We'll, we'll figure it out. Like what I I just, I guess I just don't even understand like what goes into the conversation to say, I want to go out West. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It, yeah. You'll see like, it's so funny. You'll see these graphics that are, that are, you know, put out on social and it's like San Diego gets Alex Morgan in exchange for five Chipotle gift cards and like, you know, three players and seventh and eighth round draft pick. Like, it's just so it's if, if the math feels very complicated. So um, as much as I want to understand, it feels like a headache being in those rooms and kind of making sense of it all. Um, <laughs> yeah, but hello, Ethan. <laughs> hello. How are you? Nice to see you. You know, I and let's like- welcome our guest to the new, uh, our guest <laughs> to the podcast, two jocks and the Schlubina. Welcome, honorary <laughs> Schlub, Ethan Ertz, to the podcast. Uh, great to have you on. Thank um, you. So good to be here. I'm just going to eat my dinner and sit here quietly. Wait, wait, so here's, what? here's Actually- what we can do for Ethan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. I knew that there was going to be some sort of comment on my tardiness. And I will just reiterate for the millionth fucking time that I would be more than happy to record on a night where I don't teach until 830 or so, depending on the scheduling, because sometimes it goes over. So I, you know, would be more than happy. So I don't think anyone commented on your tardiness. We might need to roll the tape back. I just, you know, welcome to the show. I, uh I don't know why there's such a such uh vinegar here ethan lots of vinegar uh-huh yes i am full of it full of piss and vinegar that's like an old phrase an old saying it's a real thing piss and vinegar I don't well i didn't realize I... that you were a teacher ethan so just thank you for all you do i guess there's, there's some <laughs> kindness coming your way <laughs> that's very sweet yeah i mean uh, i teach uh, music private lessons <clears throat> so and I, I drive to my students homes and so as you know, now being a DMV uh, person who lives, you know, as a, a, a DMV resident, you know that traffic around here uh, is garbage. And so, uh, you know, timing is timing is relative. Schedules are relative uh, for me anyways. So, yeah. So if I can go on that rant, you know, Ethan, I was going to replace you by going on a rant. Please do. 
You know, I just, I hate when people are late. It's just so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Wow. The Shlavina has got some good comedic timing. I like it. We got to have her on more. Uh, So good. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Well, Well, to jump back into what you were saying with the trades, there is precedence. I mean, there were, and there's like three or four times this has happened, but like there's tales of old baseball trades, like, you know, Johnny Gumshoe was traded for a bag of baseballs and three baseball bats. Like, uh, but it's just, I, I don't know. It, it sounds like with the NWSL, like some of the bigger star star players are throwing their star power around to get what they yeah, want. Exactly. Great. They, it's great. They have a lot of leverage, especially with these new teams like out in SoCal. You know, there's two new teams that are st- going to start playing in 2022 and you have these huge national team names that are just going to be so important for marketing and branding and, and everything. So they definitely have a lot of leverage and I just want to throw in there too. I mean, I think that there's also just an appeal in moving to California. hundred <laughs> percent. People like 100%. that. Um, yeah. yeah. Is um, it, the, the LA team is the one that's like Serena Williams and all of them that own yes, it. The Hollywood team. It's got a lot of like, flashiness to it it should be cool i'm you know excited about that really like diverse ownership group a lot of like yeah big names there um in tech and and hollywood and whatnot so we'll see if it it translates on the on the field though (laughs) yeah yeah sure is it um how how do they put together a team so like when when new baseball teams came on at least in the past they would hold expansion drafts and so Mm -hmm. there'd be certain players that you could um keep from being drafted but like the majority of your roster was kind of open to this selection and so you would be taking from the existing major league rosters to build your new roster that's at least how they did it in baseball yeah well it's funny that you say that because tomorrow is the expansion draft (laughs) (laughs) know yourself and ever since the this season finished up um, a few weeks back, there have been um, there's been some activity, you know, again with Alex Morgan and stuff like that. But um, there's various moves made from teams to protect their rosters from the the new teams. Um, so that's happening again. It feels very just like a chess match, super political. And then of course, so you'll have the expansion draft tomorrow and then you'll have a good old college draft um so the list just came out i think it was yesterday of all the registered players and you know i I always smile because being a d3 athlete i love seeing these women put their names in the hat their their name in the ring of you know coming from d3 schools and nia schools and you know yes it's a huge long shot but i think the fact that we're seeing more and more uh of those names just shows that you know the league is here to stay and maybe yeah. there'll be more teams coming in the league in the coming years and more opportunities how many teams are they up to now oh god what are you we know? at 11 i think still small but you know the there's there's always interest um in various cities various ownership groups who say i want to bring a women's sports team here and i think the league has really tried to like um, I don't know, just take a really um, intelligent, critical eye to that and not like fall for that all the time. 
Yeah. Um, even though you have a rich guy with like a ton of money who can make it happen. Cause they're really kind of valuing like, um, stability, um, and longevity over just like a team that, you know, Oh, it's like the hot thing to do now. And then, you know, it might crumble in the next year or two. So this yeah. is the longest running, you know, this is the third iteration of pro woman soccer in the U S and this is the longest running one by, you know, twice as long as the the WPS. So it's exciting. Hopefully it can get to the longevity of the WNBA soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's super smart to go that way. Cause I mean, just think about the football and all the failed leagues that have tried to start up against the NFL. And it just, yeah, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter how much money these people have that they're throwing against it. It just like, if, if the long-term sustainable support isn't there it doesn't work and sometimes it doesn't even work for like you know we talk about this on the podcast all the time like tampa bay in an established league like major league baseball it's not working there Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know and so it's uh i think it's i think it's super smart you're not the first person actually to tell me that because i've i've always wondered like why charlotte doesn't have either WNBA, they used to have WNBA, um, or uh, professional soccer. Right. And, uh, one of the, the reasonings I got is cause there is a team out in the Raleigh area and Cary, and, um, it's just too close and proximity, you know, pro- proximity. Yeah. Proximity. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like a big word for me there. Now do the applause sound effect. The applause sound effect. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'll give myself a golf clap. <laughs> well, I always think like, I mean, now that I work in the NFL and I, it sounds like it might be the same with baseball. Like what would it take for like a new NFL team to start? Like, right. The new NFL teams have all been teams that have moved from other cities, like the Raiders or like yeah. the Rams, like what, who's like the most recent actually new team. That's a good question. The Texans. Texans. Yes. yes. Technically. But again, in both cases, it was like, well, Houston had a, a team and then it moved to Tennessee and then everyone in Houston's like, we want a team again. Yeah. Um, so the same thing with Cleveland, Cleveland had a team it moved to Baltimore. Cleveland is so upset that they get promised a new team. So you're starting with a rabid fan base with history there mm-hmm. versus like, I think it'd be much more difficult to say, I don't know, we're going to start the Portland, uh, I don't know, tree huggers. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Timbers, and then I was like, well, shit, that's already a team out there. Um, what about baseball? What's the most the last? The last four have all been unique. It was uh, Denver, uh, Miami, Phoenix, and uh, Tampa. No, yeah, Tampa. Yeah. See, um, like Denver and Miami seems crazy to me. Like, why is that? Why are they so late? Like, yeah, and, and Miami's still struggling, too. Not mm-hmm. Not as bad as tampa and miami's had more on-field success well no i guess it's not even yeah they they have two world series but they don't have a lot of winning seasons in their uh franchise history whereas the rays have more like sustainability when it comes to winning but they don't have the support at all Mm -hmm. um it's just florida baseball in florida doesn't seem to be all that great ethan the chime in i can see well yeah well the thing that's weird about it that's always mystified me and i lived in miami for two years and i still did not get an answer but like he also didn't go to games in miami um so uh, i'm just gonna ignore that uh miami as i think most people know um super super heavy 
Hispanic population from all over. Obviously, Cuba is the most well-known, right? There's a ton of Cubans, but it's not just Cubans. Um, tons of Hispanic people. And as we know, baseball is like massive in all of these Central American, South American, Caribbean countries. Um, and so it's it's strange to me that there isn't like a rabid following. And maybe it has to do with the inconsistency of the franchise or whatever. The fact that Jeffrey Loria was their owner for a while and we all know about him. Um, but it's just that's just always been one that's been a mystery to me. Um, and I don't, I don't have the answer. I don't, I don't know if there's Colin or Matt, if you guys know, is there a generally, is there like a generally, or, or Hannah, is there a generally accepted like consensus, uh, as to why, like, I don't know. It just seems strange to me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't tell. I, I don't know. I mean, with all the, they've had so many different iterations of trying to, to make it work. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Well, I spun this off into a totally different conversation, but pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it just goes back to support what you're saying in the sense that it is smart that they're going about this in a calculated way. And um, I do think it has the legs right now to be the next WNBA and to, you know, stick around long-term. So I think that's super exciting. You know, um, when I make uh, all this money from my future podcast network, I'm definitely going to start a women's sports team uh, yes yes team so stay tuned i already have a secret deal with hannah to uh (laughs) be the first show that she signs for her (laughs) empire (laughs) well i'll let you guys get to your ridiculousness i'll let (laughs) ethan pop off although it looks like he's eating but (laughs) i actually just finished so your timing is impeccable he's fueling he's fueled up (laughs) all fueled up now exactly yeah ready ready to pop off yep Thanks as always for letting me intrude and you know whatnot. Come back soon. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being here. Good to see you. Yeah, thank right, you, Anna. Night, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. I think we're Matt and I and Hannah agreed we're gonna do a poll and see if they want Hannah or if they want you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that Hannah would win in, la- in a landslide. I mean, I'd vote for Hannah. So, oh, come on, give give, give yourself then, a uh, rant. Then, huh? Oh, I mean, oh no, I think my rants are excellent. I'm just saying, Hannah. Hannah is just so nice. She, she's she's so cool. I could just see, you know, she would just be a wonderful permanent uh, host. And then if I wasn't. I could just enjoy my Wednesday evenings in leisure instead of feeling pressured by my friends to hurry up and eat real fast and get to the podcast on time. Well, see, I was going to do this off air, but now that you're bringing it up again, (laughs) I want people to hear this. What night of the week works better for you to do this? Okay, so that's, well, that's the problem. Yeah, is that? Uh, (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, but that means you guys need to accept the fact that it's going to be like 8.30 to 9. It's going to be in that range when I get on, and it's not going to be consistent. Because Monday through Thursday, I teach until about 8.30, all of those nights. Friday, I finish up earlier, but I don't know that any either of any of us want to record on Friday evening. Um, and then the weekends are obviously wide open, but um, I get the sense that that is also a non-starter with you guys. Good luck nailing me down on the weekends. Right, you do, you do tend Boom. to gallivant all over the place, so... Okay, oh, Matt's got a life. Uh, yeah, Matt has. No, a life. I just have yep. no kids. I've got a cat, and you know, disposable income to go do stupid stuff with. It's not like stupid. It's stuff drive to Treehouse Brewing. 
to uh, right. get some delicious beer to drink out of my treehouse glass. Mm. I'm having treehouse tonight, too. Yeah, well, what, tell us about what you're drinking, fellas. I'm having <laughs> Emperor uh, Emperor Julius. Oh, we both, that's amazing. <laughs> nice. This Cheers. was not planned. Hilarious. Wow. Um, yeah, so, uh, Matt, is this from the pack that, that you and I had split, or is this from your recent um, visit? This is the last from the pack that we split. Okay. And this is my first from that pack. I actually haven't even hadn't oh, even started wow. it until right now. Well, because I had my cold all last week. I wasn't drinking. That's right. And then I had to finish my other halves that you had given me, which, by the way, um, the triple broccoli special reserve, mm, uh, fucking uh, delicious. That was really, really good. Thank you. This disclaimer, it doesn't actually have broccoli in it. Um, right. I had to can tell my family that. Well, okay, side, <laughs> side story. I had once brought a beer home that had asparagus in it. So... <laughs> and wow yes, it tastes tastes like you think it would taste Ew. Um, but so now when i bring home a beer that's called like triple broccoli special reserve or like baked potato or <laughs> you know cheesecake um my parents go like "Ooh, does it actually have broccoli in it no 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 uh, breweries just run out of names so they named it something stupid um you know, like didn't yeah. the other half had names like double meatballs, spaghetti sunrise. And it's like, I don't know what that means, but they were probably high or something. And yeah, probably chose. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. It's a good one. huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was delicious. And Emperor Julius, my first few sips also delicious. No surprise. So uh, just, just a quick aside on Treehouse as I wear their hat. I don't have a shirt though. I'm wearing beer trees shirt. Beer, beer, beer tree, tree shirt, shirt but tree I'm house tree shirt, house or treehouse hat and treehouse glass too. Nice. So I may have said this. It's like Disney World for for beer nerds. Like you drive in this long, windy driveway. There's like arches with like that are lit up at night, and there's nice landscaping. And you're like driving into the woods. And that was too late for me. It was really late at night, so I couldn't see like all the fancy stuff. But like, there's this massive building with all the like the multiple bars and live music, and they have all the fancy beer and like terrace gardens with like 45 Adirondack chairs outside, and a big outdoor stone patio, and food trucks, and barbecue in the air, and beer on your lips, and it was just wonderful. Um, yeah, it's an amazing um, setup. The one drawback, which is probably a good thing because people like me would sit there and just get smashed. <laughs> you only can get two drafts per visit. Which again, good thing. Good thing. Because my brother and I had to hop in the car and we, so, you know, two 10-ounce drafts are all I really need. Because all of these beers are high ABV too. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, if, if I wasn't driving, that would be an awesome place to set up shop and kill a couple hours. Yeah. Um, cause they just had so much fun stuff on tap, but yeah, uh, my brother and I, um, as we were driving up to Boston last weekend, had a great time there. It was a lot of fun. Worth a visit if you're ever in the area of Charlton, Massachusetts. Yep. Absolutely. Good stuff. So I Colin, drinking... you teased it. Yeah. You teased the beer tonight. What are you drinking? <laughs> yeah. So it's called toaster tarts. <laughs> it's a slushy. Uh, it's from 450 North Brewing. Out in uh, Columbus, Indiana. Columbus, yep, Indiana, and it legitimately—it's—I mean, it's like jelly. Like, see it on my finger. Oh wow! Yeah, it's—it's <laughs> um, it's very tasty too. But it's um, it's—it's it's a different consistency than I think I've ever had in a beer. So, Toddy got it from some random place here. Just just that one can, and I've been saving it for tonight because I wanted to have it with you boys, but. 
I gave Toddy a taste of it too. So I'll I'll regale you with the story of 450 North one of these days. There's a there's an interesting backstory with them. Mm, okay, okay, nice little teaser. I mean, we can say it now if you want, or or we could save it. Well, we'll save it. We'll save it. Okay, okay, we'll save it. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, some other things. Um, before I forget, since I was just talking about Tati, you want to give her a shout out. It's our anniversary tomorrow when people are listening to this. So uh, three years or yeah, no, four years, four years, four yeah. years. Yeah. Um, that COVID year gets kind of mixed up with me. Yeah, for sure. And um, yep, that was a, a good time uh, back in Syracuse for the wedding. And uh, it's been a good four years since. So want to give that shout out. Um, I also, my other shout out for today is to Penn State football who signed the number one overall quarterback recruit in the country, number three overall player in the country. It's the highest rated quarterback recruit they've ever gotten, higher than Christian Hackenberg. And it's the highest rated overall recruit they've got since they got the number one overall recruit in 2005 in Derek Williams. So um, it's a pretty exciting day. We've known for a long time (laughs) that quarterback room has been an area of weakness uh, for the team not not weak um you know they've had trace mcsorley and even hackenberg was good before he was getting hit every other play because uh, the o-line was so bad but uh, it's super exciting i just i'm I, we have our sixth year 24 year old quarterback coming back next year to kind of bridge things and help uh teach this this kid along um and uh it's i don't know i'm i'm I know it's just a, a signing day and you got to prove it on the field and everything, but we've been waiting for a quarterback like this for a long time. And uh, it's, it's just cool in the face of everything that we've gotten to that point. So had to give a shout out to my Nittany Lions today. I'm super pumped. Very nice. Very exciting stuff. What do you guys think? Derek, his name was Derek Williams, the guy in 2005. Cause I remember yep, you talking will. about, I thought there was a Derek Robinson. Was there one? Michael Robinson. Michael Robinson. Okay. He was a quarterback. 2000. That was um, the 2005 season. Williams freshman year was okay. Robinson's senior year. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, they I were remember. on the same team. Okay. That was, that was the year they, they lost to Michigan in the final two seconds. Otherwise, mm. it would have went undefeated. Right. Your favorite, USC your favorite game in uh, Penn State history. You love that yeah. game. Yeah, that's the worst game. Yeah, Matt has a, Matt has that look on his face. Like I you know, tell, I know. You can tell he's ready to tickle some balls. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, I mean, just you know, Christian Hackenberg is just fun to make fun of. That was it. <laughs> oh, and then also, it's fun. Ethan, are you a Scrubs fan? I love Scrubs. I mean, I feel like just 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 because it's fun to give Colin a hard time, we should. Every time he talks about Penn State, we should just practice the Dr. Cox three, two, one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but I mean, what you, so you guys good. kept? You kept Bill O'Brien, right? Like, so you got your coach. Uh, you got James Bridge, Franklin. James Franklin. Franklin. Bill O'Brien's the old guy. Yeah, he's yeah. Texans. Yeah. Never mind. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I, it's not like I live in the state or anything. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to be exiled from Pennsylvania for that. Um. But yeah, so you kept you kept big old uh, Jim Frank, um, and you know, you, like you said, you got your bridge quarterback. Maybe uh, maybe you guys, you guys can make some noise in the unheavily weighted division, whatever the legends East. or whatever they call it, East. Yeah, the East. Yeah, so they and they have the they, national Gatorade Player of the Year in football in the running back Nicholas Nicholas Singleton, five star composite running back. 
What what are the, what are, what were the Big wow. Ten division names? It wasn't like East and West before. It was like Legends and like yeah, Legends and like, Leaders. I think <laughs> something stupid. They yeah. can both start with the letter L. Play to yeah. go Big Ten. There's yeah, 14 they, teams. You, you dummies. Yeah, I think the um, the actual alignment was better when that was the case. I think the the heaviness came when they changed the names and they also. I think Michigan used to be in the leaders. Or in the, yeah, in the leaders, because I think we were in the legends. Um, whatever it was, it was definitely more balanced in the past. And they've really messed that up. Even if you look like look today at the rankings of all the Big Ten teams, the top six are Big Big Ten East. The bottom six are the Big Ten West. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I just, I, I don't know how you bring... I don't know how the West is supposed to compete with Ohio State at, at the you know at the very least, and then you know Michigan on the way up in the playoffs. You know we've we've had some really good recruiting classes lately, some good success and things. So it's it's crazy, but it is what it is. What shoutouts you guys got? Big drama in Formula One this past weekend. <laughs> Big drama. Is this your shoutout? No, I just was going to go through like a little like, well, uh, shout out. If I want to give a shout out, I'm going to give a shout out to Max Verstappen, Red Bull cha- world champion for uh, F1 this past weekend. Not my favorite, not Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton showed some grace and congratulated Max after, but there was very contentious racing at the end. <coughs> Lewis was running away with it, was like 30 seconds ahead, and then with like six laps to go, the guy from the last place team from like can or second to last place team spins out and they have a safety car come out, which squeezes everyone back up together. And there was controversy about some of the race stewards and the moves they made and blah, blah, blah. Um, but ultimately it put Max right behind Lewis on fresh tires. And they had like a one lap shootout to the end and Max won. So um, there's a lot of people complaining about it still. Do I think it was right? No, but am I happy that Max won? Yeah, because it was really exciting for like a good ten, 10 weeks seconds or so this year. So, um, so people, listeners out there, if you're looking for the uh, the top the top notch first rate content about Formula One racing, <laughs> this is the podcast for you. Hell yeah! Okay, there you go. Uh, that'll be that'll be great to like all of our one listener. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> um. No, one of these yeah. years, I actually want to go to a race, too, if I can maybe convince they, they have a new one in Miami, actually. They're going to be racing around the parking lot outside uh, Hard Rock Stadium, or whatever they called it. But hmm. it's here to stay. It's it's growing in popularity. Formula One was purchased by an American company, Liberty Media, like three or four years ago. And it's where you get your Netflix Drive to Survive documentaries every year and you get the intrigue and the now for ignoramuses like me what makes formula one formula one is there a specific type of car that they're using or what um so formula one the formula refers to the rules okay for the car um and there are a lot of really really so formula one is considered up there with indycar as the two um top open wheel racing leagues out there uh formula one is is I mean, there's tons, tons and tons and tons of money in there. They just instituted a like a salary cap, essentially a spending limit, because you'd have teams like Mercedes dumping four or five hundred million dollars into the thing every year, because they're going through and doing super high level model, you know, 
uh, modeling and they're doing carbon fiber everything and just incredible, incredible amounts of engineer engineering work. I mean, the engines are only V6 hybrid engines, but these cars can go, you know, over 225 miles an hour. Um, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's up there. It's, it's on par with Indy, IndyCar. IndyCar is a little bit different where IndyCar has standardized <laughs> a lot more stuff. Um, and they've got a couple different differences. So IndyCar, you still have like different engine suppliers and different teams, but um, the chassis are the same. Um, there's some, some modifications you can make, but it's a lot more uniform on the cars and it's more about different uh, kind of driver techniques in IndyCar where is in Formula One, if you've got the best car, there's a good chance you're going to run away with it for the year. So um, other things we can go in at other times for all of our uh, F1 enthusiasts out there. Um, but yeah, it's it was a lot of fun. Um, definitely the engineer and me gets really excited about it because I think it's pretty cool learning about all the stuff they do to these cars, learning about all the, the um, different characteristics and things you can modify to make the car go faster and what you can do and Anyway, I don't, we're really uh, we're really branching out here. I like it. We're branching out into other sports. Yeah, I'm going to interject real quick, Ethan, before you get to your shout outs. And I just want to say that I was going to save this for the, the full like comments <clears throat> and uh, mailbag section coming up here in a minute. Uh, but I got a I got a very uh, passionate comment the other day from friend of the podcast, Devin Conley, who said we don't talk about the NFL quite enough for him and uh, I think he'll be thrilled to know that we did take a big portion of today's show to talk about F1 racing and uh, just completely ignore the NFL as, yes. as if it's not the end of the season perfect I like well, I mean I know why you guys are avoiding talking about the NFL because the Giants are trash because yeah Mike <clears throat> Mike what's his name was your starting quarterback this past weekend Mike Lennon yeah and and um you know, Sasquatch has more in common with the actual Sasquatches, and where are where is he, and where are his numbers? <laughs> then with you know, that's with, a good, that's good. Yeah, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, Matthew, uh, I know, I know, you're just trying to rile me up, and it works to a certain extent. But I implore you to watch a Giants game and look at the grades of the offensive linemen after the game, and tell me, or don't even look at the analytics, but just tell me with your eyes how many times Saquon gets hit. The minute, the second he gets the ball in his hands, it ha- right, so, happens at least eight times a game. So if not, I'll, I'll have to find there is there is some some qualitative measurement of this out there in terms of how soon behind the line they get hit and how what their overall. I'll have to pull up what I found a couple weeks ago because um, <clears throat> based on those stats, essentially how far in the backfield are they getting hit and what are they still doing. Um, I'd say Saquon is in the, he's right around the top, like top third um, in terms of effectiveness there. And they've looked at seasons. They look at the, it was, this was an analyzed in the last 15 seasons or so, but it stops in like 2017. So Saquon has a small sample size in there. Maybe it was 2019. Saquon's got a small sample size, but um, yeah. no, I mean, cause I was legitimately again, cause I know I, I do give you a lot of shit about it, but I was <laughs> a little bit legitimately trying to find, is there a good way to measure this? Is there yeah. a good way to measure a running back independent of how good or bad his line is because um you know that what what does he yeah. how does he make something out of nothing you know like, how, fit, how like he, in baseball fielding independent pitching in baseball yeah, yeah. essentially if you've got a shit if you've got a shit line okay um 
how do you still measure and equally compare everyone? And so that, that I, I mean, I legitimately did try looking at that because yeah. um, I wanted to, well, I mean, I was trying to discredit your argument, but it, it actually came out that, yeah, he is, <laughs> um, you know, he is in the top third. He wasn't the top. I forgot who the top were, but he had like three or four of the best seasons when you were combining it in the top, the top third of the everyone they measured. So, yeah. Well, and the reason that you're seeing that data is because the Giants aren't just bad on the offensive line. They're historically bad. Like they're so terrible that Dave Gettleman shouldn't ever, ever have an opportunity to draft anyone ever again. Like the the way that he has built that team, it's horrendous. Like you look at videos of Barry Sanders, like, yeah, those Lions teams weren't any good, but he at least had blockers. I mean, how many times? It's not just one player. It's like three players are hitting Saquon or whoever the running back is as soon as the ball is handed off. And that's why they only end up running the ball like 10 times a game is because eight times they try it, they get hit five yards behind the line of scrimmage. And it's like, and then, and then they're down 21, nothing. And you know, what, what are you going to do there? And, I mean, but it, again, it happened this week. They put Saquon out in space. He scored a touchdown. Like I, I'm, I'm not saying he's a hundred percent back, you know, from his injury and everything, but you got to give these guys an opportunity to get in space and to get moving and like they just don't have the opportunity to get moving and it, it's it's unbelievable that a, a franchise in a league like that can be this bad for so long that they haven't had a good o-line in a handful of years if not, not longer and, and now and now it's historically bad like they've had some some pretty bad lines but it, it's awful right now I mean, the Packers are down three starters, including the highest paid tackle in the league, and we're down three backups on the line, and uh, still doing pretty good. I, you know, because I'm telling need. you, your talent evaluators are better than the Giants. <laughs> okay, Modern, I, I, I will say, yeah, it, it, it's easy to beat up on Gettleman. Keep doing it. Sorry, Ethan, go ahead. I was just going to say, modern technology has come so far, and I'm very, very grateful for it, but. The next thing that we need, I hope that there are people at MIT working on this like right now. We need somebody to create something that will um, make it audible when I roll my eyes. So when Matt just brought up the Packers, I rolled my eyes super hard. But no, you, but you can't hear it. So we need modern technology to get to a point where you, I want you to hear how fucking hard I roll my eyes. Because I roll my eyes a lot, and I think it's, I think it's important. So that's it. Speechless. I have rendered my co-host speechless. Uh, wait, that's wait. amazing. Here it is. Here it is. Valedict. I just valedict the valedict. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when did you man. do that? That's amazing. Oh, man. Oh, fucking hilarious. Okay, so good. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to do my shout-outs since I'm already talking. Um, I've got two, which normally I don't have very many shout-outs, if any, but I've got two this week. Number one is to uh, my friend Maylee Grigg, who is also the mother of one of my students. And she shocked me last week by telling me that she is a fan of the podcast. And um, I was a little horrified at first because, as you all can imagine, um, my language that I use during the podcast is quite a bit saltier than the language I use when I am teaching children. Um, And yeah, we hope, we hope, and it is, it is. I do not, I do not drop millions of F-bombs in front of my students. But uh, she did not mind at all. She thoroughly enjoys our podcast. And so, hi, Maylee, and thank you. Um, second pod, uh, second shout out is for a friend of the pod and my younger brother, Jeremy, 
who reminded me again this week that we have uh, we have succeeded in forgetting for like eight weeks in a row that he correctly called the World Series that it was going to be the Braves in six. He pre- he correctly called that on our show when we did that. And he has been wanting us to mention that for weeks and weeks and weeks, but we always keep forgetting. Miraculously, I just happen to remember it right now. And as Jeremy knows, and as you guys know, my memory is garbage unless it comes to random music and baseball facts. So, Jeremy, you are welcome. And go buy a lottery ticket because I just remembered that. So there you go. Matt, before you tear it apart, this this is for Jeremy. <laughs> for yeah, good. Go ahead, Matt. We were already like three games into the series, Ethan. I'm just saying that they, you know. Were we? Yeah. We looked it up. It, it came oh, out okay. on I couldn't. I, couldn't so, I didn't remember that. That's hilarious. Yes, okay. yes Jeremy. Congrats, but. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. I Jeremy, I think it was very good. mug and some beer. So. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> Love That's it. funny. <clears throat> Those are good shout outs. And actually, that segues us nicely. We can um, do the other comments and uh, mailbag things to wrap it up because we have quite a bit again uh so kool-aid man the uh poll oh, right kool-aid man and uh tony the tiger who would win in a battle to the death um rip friend of the show rip griffin uh wrote in saying nobody could run through a brick wall like kool-aid man i don't know if that answers the question but uh thanks thanks for that rip uh another friend of the show uh eric <laughs> uh has another great breakdown like he did for uh, the last poll. So I'll, I'll try to read this as coherently as I can and not laugh and stumble through it. Uh, but Eric said, assuming we aren't using weapons, Kool-Aid has mass, mass strength and a psychotic smile, leaving <laughs> us to wonder what he is truly capable of. Tony, well, Tony can stra- scratch and bite things, but he's too much like Tony Robbins. Considering the size and thickness of Kool-Aid glass, I find it hard to believe that Tony can penetrate with his teeth or claws. I believe Tony will continue to try to defeat Kool-Aid until he hasn't the strength to continue. At the moment, he, I just I just can't do this. At the moment, he pulls out his 12-step program in resolving con- conflict, hoping to get out of it. Uh, then Kool-Aid Man, with that smile, starts actively listening. Once Tony's guard is lowered, Kool-Aid snaps Tony's neck with a swift movement. (laughs) (laughs) While Tony is twitching due to nerve activity, Kool-Aid then crushes Tony's school, urinates red Kool-Aid on the 12-step program guide, then walks away, still smiling. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, I don't think I know who this guy is, but please, Eric, keep it coming. Fucking genius. Thank you. Love it. (sighs) It's just so hard to read without laughing. So oh, good. Man. Um, all right. So we got that. Oh, back to YouTube. And Matt and I were trying to be investigative reporters for the Slabina hopped on. Uh, how would you say, Matt, did we come up with how we say this first name? No. <laughs> Josh Josh Roots Kromari. Oh, our, our Singaporean friend? I, I don't know. I, oh, I don't we don't know. know. Just our, our YouTube commenter friend. We don't know yeah, where yeah, they are yeah. from. Okay. Yeah, I've got some hints, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal them on the podcast. I've got some ideas. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, this week's comment said, "Ethan, I hope your cold goes away. Rudy, the electric do shirt is electric, and Colin, man, the Giants. Do I even have to bring that up? <laughs> we did. For no, you. 
Yeah, where he did for you. That was uh, so nice. That This person, whoever they are, is so nice. Such considerate comments. My cold is much better. So thank you, Jeshe, or whatever the pronunciation is. I will look at how your name is spelled because chances are my guess at the pronunciation will be much better than these fucking uh, idiots. So um, I'll take a look wow. at it. And, and Jay, if that's <laughs> you, if it's you, you got to tell me because we're best friends. Oh. Best friend Jay. <laughs> that would be actually hilarious if best it was Jay. Best friend Jay, you got to tell me. That would be really funny. <laughs> yes, please reveal yourself. It's driving us crazy. But keep, keep leaving nice comments, too. We, yes, we very nice. That. Very sweet. Very, very, yeah, very kind. We love it. All right. You guys ready to wrap it up with mailbag? Yep. And yeah, let's this go. mailbag comes from none other than Cousin Greg. It's the of Cousin course. Greg mailbag segment. It, I, every week. Yep. <laughs> Devoted segment. All right. <clears throat> so back to the food question. Would you rather be able to eat your favorite food the rest of your life, but not be able to taste it or eat something you don't like, but be able to taste it? And he also said, so Matt doesn't get mad. The parameters are that this is the only thing you can eat. Ah, so some so defined parameters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, Fuck, that's really tough. I don't um, know. Here, here's my analog. If like, I'd rather, I'd rather not list, not be able to hear. I'd, I'd rather not be able to hear my favorite song than lose my ability to hear altogether. Yes, agreed. I mean, so I think I would rather keep my sense of taste, but not be able, you know, but only have to eat. I don't know peas for the rest of my life or something. Um, yeah, would it drive me insane? What if it's truly garbage though? Well, but, but if just... we but if we keep th- this scenario, if we keep our sense of taste, we get to eat something that we know we like. We just mm-hmm. won't be able to taste it. No. Yeah, read it. Read it again. You need to work on your reading comprehension. Would you Would you rather be able to eat your favorite food the rest of your life but not be able to taste it? Yes. Or, or eat something you don't like but be able to taste it. Yeah. So we're, okay. So, okay. What, so I guess you have yeah. the choice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Okay. So it's, we're, we're not, it's not just that food. It's other stuff. Well, no. So, well, so the, so if you are, if you are yeah, choosing yeah. to keep your taste, if you are choosing, uh, or no, excuse me, if you are, Oh, you know what? Maybe I was misinterpreting where Matt was going. I think I was assuming Matt was going where I, well, because your analog, Matt, yeah, your analog Matt. Okay, you would you would want to keep tasting garbage shit. Okay, continue. Yeah, I don't know. I instead of losing my taste altogether. Okay, I think that was my, that's where I'm going. That's where you were going, and I totally uh, because I'm an egomaniac and a narcissist. I assumed that you were going in the same direction as me, which is stupid. Um, <clears throat> I agree with. Well, the problem is because I agree with you on the hearing thing. I would I would want to keep my sense of hearing, but in terms of taste, like. Taste is such a, and eating is just such a source of joy that if I had to spend my whole life eating something that I didn't like, that would just be so fucking miserable. So I think yeah. I'd rather lose my sense of taste and and eat something that I know I like. Hearing is different for me because of my life, you know, as a musician. I think I'd rather be able to keep hearing, even if I had to listen to stuff I didn't love. But, but, but... <clears throat> If you're if you're losing your sense of taste, but you're eating something you like, then how do you know you like it? Well, right, true. But I would rather do that than know that I'm gonna like three meals a day for the rest of my life be like having an unpleasant experience. Like you an know, onion. 
I mean, I love onion, but like, no. yeah, I mean, no, nobody's gonna, I mean, sit and eat a raw onion. Well, you get to, you get to pick the meal, I think, in the scenario. But it has to be something you don't like, though. Yeah, if right. It, but yeah, in either scenario, like, you get to pick what it is. Five but years ago, I didn't like the green only beans. Thing. Right. Monday, I had a whole five servings of them for dinner. So of, of beans, green beans, yeah, green beans, yeah. Let's sprinkle yeah. a little bit of Cajun seasoning on them. Mm. Nothing else. That's your thing now. That's your thing. You mentioned that a couple shows ago, I think. Yeah, last night it was a whole bag of broccoli. Tonight it was some chili. You know, homemade chili. Mm, Award-winning homemade chili. I want some of your homemade chili. Fuck. All right. Next time I come over, I want some of that. Hell yeah. All right. And Colin, what's your answer? I think I'm going with you, Ethan. Yeah. I think the notion of knowing that I like it is good enough for me. Yeah. At the yeah, end of the day. But like, what's your least favorite pizza topping? Mushrooms? Mushroom, say it's probably. mushrooms. Like, it you is. hate mushrooms, but you can't taste it. How do you know you're eating mushroom pizza if you can't taste it? How do you know? Because I can see it. Yeah, but okay, but you're 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 mixing it up. If you can, if, if, if you can't taste, you're eating something you love. So if you don't like mushrooms, you won't be eating mushrooms anyways. But but I'm saying if you can't taste it, how do you know it's something you love? Like it could it could oh. look because you exactly could like chocolate. Well, because we well we know intellectually, we know intellectually. Yeah. Right? Isn't that isn't that the basis of the scenario? We know intellectually that it's one that it's our like our favorite food. Saying if you can't t- taste it, then <clears throat> you have no idea. Food becomes meaningless. You have no well, idea what it is. Sure, but we I think we're assuming based on our previous life experience that we right. had a tragic accident and we can no longer taste. So we intellectually, we still know that it's something that we like. But we, yeah, true. We can't actually taste it. I mean. <laughs> Matt, it's okay. Matt, Matt is like, it's so funny. <laughs> um, normally, I am the king of pedantry. But Matt gives me a, a run for my money. And especially with these scenarios. Matt, you need to have like a powwow with Cousin Greg. <laughs> and and you can settle all of the fine points of this, and then and then get back to us. I mean, okay. you, you guys are going like the Beethoven route, like uh, I I can't hear, but I know the music, and it's like I, yeah, I just, exactly. Like yeah. if you can't hear, how can you tell what they're playing? Like you could put you could Beethoven could say yes, I love my Symphony Number no. Three, and he could put it in front of a band, and he could say yes, I love it. But if you can't hear, how can you tell if it's like elementary school kids playing it, like? flat and shit and like not keeping the rhythm where it's like oh yes well my brain tells me this should be nice but it could be really crappy objectively it could be really crappy you yeah, can but again again in that scenario beethoven would not pick to listen to a child's orchestra but he wouldn't know he wouldn't yes know. but he would still choose he would be allowed to choose you, yeah and you get to choose okay, but now one you guys thing and it's the same thing the that's symphony. the parameter he's choosing the symphony yes because because we get to choose our chef he's not choosing the musician yeah but if he could choose like the vienna philharmonic i mean the vienna philharmonic didn't exist when he was alive but if he could choose like the best musicians of the of the time of the area and be like this group then yes Okay, so what it comes down to is Einstein's argument of relativity here. Because if you can't sense it, then you have no idea to judge it. You have no way of telling if it's good or bad objectively. So you could think that you know, but if you have no way to actually interact with the medium, you can't tell whether or not it's we good. We know intellectually from all of our previous experiences. But, but that's, that's the whole point of relativity. 
That's the whole point. If okay, you, you know what? All right, Matthew, Matthew, if you okay, you want to talk about relativity? I'll get Yulia to come on the podcast. We'll get an actual physicist yeah, and on the she podcast. She will agree with me. She will I don't agree think with so. Me. I don't think so. I'm gonna she ask. She will agree her. with me. Because <laughs> if you have no ability, like, like, if man, I don't want to go into this. Like, <laughs> if you're in a room completely sealed with no like walls or no view outside. And you're traveling at a constant speed and you're not accelerating, you can't tell if you're not moving or if you're traveling at a constant speed. You can't. You have no sensory. Like, that's all. I need someone yes. smarter than me to help. No, we know this. We we know how this works. You are you are overthinking the scenario. You're no, overthinking just, the premise. You guys are playing checkers. I'm playing relativity chess no oh that is fucking insane Uh uh-uh if we're playing checkers you're playing like this is a circle draw a circle that's where you're at no no yeah yeah you're way lower you're way lower you can't even get this fucking premise right no no i'm saying there's no way the premise doesn't exist (laughs) because man con the listeners are gonna hate this show they're gonna all agree with me though i love it we have uh we have a segment on on relativity and a segment on on uh formula one racing we're bringing we're bringing the hot content this week everybody this is uh we're we're on our way up the fucking charts on apple Podcasts. we're gonna make it into the top ten thousand this week hold up your mug now turn it around and point to the third line we got to come up with another. We have to come up with a synonym for nonsense, though. Okay, it's become malarkey. Um, too much. Yes, malarkey or shenanigans. Thank you. Yes, I like that. Okay? I like it. We can't be just one word. We can't just be like, oh, it's nonsense or whatever. We got to mix it up. I like malarkey, shenanigans. That's flim good. flam and is that, also a good one too. <clears throat> flim flam. That's good. You know what? There's probably a good Yiddish word for this kind of stuff. Um, well, like mashuga, mashugana means crazy. Um, so that's kind of kind of related. But I'm, I'm maybe I'll find a good Yiddish word. Poppycock. Poppycock is good. Or to go with 30 Rock, um, we could do Hogcock, which is a uh, portmanteau of hogwash and poppycock. So uh, so Hogcock is, is very good, too. Thank you, 30 Rock. So good. So All right, good. what else we got, Kyle? Are we done? That's it, boys. That's it. That's cool. all I got. So unless you got parting shots, I think Matt got his parting shots in. But well, I think Matt has more. Matt, do you want to you want to elaborate some more on all that? he's just staring at the camera (laughs) yeah i love all this dead air matt that's really great that's really great for the show we're we're done this is the two jacks of the slub (laughs) we are back next your brain you taste your tongue we are back (laughs) if you you don't taste it you can't tell if it's your favorite food or not (laughs) back next week same time hey so hey saquon had one two games in the top Yards after contact in 2018. Did you hit, did you end the recording right when he was talking about the tasting? Still haven't ended it. Oh my god! I said Saquon. I said yeah, he was talking about Sasquatch now. <clears throat> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.